You're listening to Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Doherty. Welcome to the Veeam Partner Perspectives podcast. I'm Eric Doherty. Joining me today is Michael Stafford, part of Veeam's VASP or Veeam Accredited Service Provider team. Michael, thanks for joining me today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at Veeam? Sure, yeah. Um, I've actually been in this industry for just shy of 30 years now, and I've actually been at Veeam. It'll be 11 years next week. I uh, came in here, started on the sales side of things, working with our management pack products. Uh, went from there over to the alliances group where uh, we did intra-vendor relations, you know, building solutions out. And then from there, ended up going uh, over to the professional services team, uh, where I have been for about the past three years. I am uh, the senior solutions architect on that team. Cool. Cool. You have a long storied career, which is uh, always makes for good stories and uh, good insight when we're talking on things like this. So the, the VASP program, it's, it's got some history and it's kind of existed in some different iterations over time. Can you explain where it came from and kind of how it's evolved into the program that we see today? Yeah, absolutely. So this has been around for uh, probably about a year since before I got on with the program. So you're talking, oh gosh, around four and a half years now at this point. And it was interesting how this came about. Um, v makes great software. We we do a lot of great things, but if you don't deploy it correctly, then nobody has a great experience. And this is something that was noticed, uh, you know, as features got added, as more as more uh, capabilities were put in there, uh, the product got to be such that expertise was required to get it right, right? Yeah. And as you know, I mean, if we if we have a customer who tries to put in Veeam on their own, for example, uh, let's well, let's take any any major enterprise for that for that. Uh, for example, and they do something wrong, then automatically you're going to think, okay, well, great. This is a product that's not very good, doesn't work right. And, you know, they have a bad experience. So the idea was floated a while ago for these large enterprise customers or just anybody who needed help really to put together a services organization to where when things got implemented, it was automatically to best practice because that's how we design things. Um, Well, Turns out we don't scale that well when it comes to personnel and, and the amount of work that we had. So, um, you know, the VASP program was, was born. And essentially what a VASP is, is that's a partner who has been certified to be able to go in and deliver a Veeam solution to our standards and to best practice. Uh, one of the things we found with that is we have a lot happier customers. And uh, it also gives these partners who even before getting involved with him may, may have had, you know, touch points with, with their folks. This gives them another touch point to not only get this product installed correctly, but it also gives them an opportunity to potentially become a trusted advisor on what account they, they get into. Uh, I've seen it many times where they've been brought in to do a Veeam implementation. And the next thing you know, they're working on storage or they're working on network or, or any, any number of different things. You kind of need to know so much about all those components anyway in order to do a successful Veeam implementation. You really do. You really do. I mean, especially, I mean, we rely on the network, we rely on DNS, we rely on hardware, all of those things. So just as part of being in a Veeam deployment, that means you're going to get a look at literally everything a customer is doing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, you the way you described it um, as, you know, it, I think we did ourselves a disservice back in the day with that. It just works. Um, and the simple thing, it's like, yeah, you know what? In a small scale it is. And yes, you could be up and running and backing something up in an hour. Mm-hmm. I always describe it as like there's a second half of that sentence, which is 
but it takes a deft touch to get it working correctly and optimally. Exactly. And yeah. that's, that's where the professional services come in from our partners through programs like this. Yep. And another interesting thing happened, uh, I don't know, two, two and a half years ago, I guess. Um, we had been doing direct services for customers. And it uh, turns out that really doesn't fit our business model very well, especially since we're 100% channel. So mm-hmm. we became very partner focused to where Veeam no longer delivers direct professional services. It's one of these things where we specifically have our partners do it. Now, the cool thing about the VAST program is you're not really on your own by doing that, right? So if you're a certified VASP and there's a couple of uh, things you have to have, you have to have, uh, you know, you have to have a certain amount of people certified. I believe it was uh, two engineers and architect with some other things. But by doing that, one, we verified that they know what they're doing and we verified that, uh, you know, they're going to be able to deploy and design something correctly but they still might need help. Right. So mm-hmm. one of my, one of my best partners, I'm, I'm quite literally on a call with them at least two or three times a week, walking them through things that they may not actually even have access to. Um, so as being, as being part of the, the vast program, you're also assigned what's called a professional services advisor. Um, what I would call that realistically is uh, your one trusted advisor in Veeam to get you whatever answer you want. Uh, by the time it usually gets to me, it's also something that a partner wouldn't necessarily be able to handle. For example, hey, we're seeing this weird thing, um, you know, and we go look and find and find, oh my gosh, there's a bug. It's been cert, you know, it's been support fixed it, and you have to call it for, you know, the hot fix or whatever. But we're able to circumvent and short circuit quite a bit of that by doing that. Yeah. So it gives us the ability to not only make sure that any partner delivering this is delivering it to best practice so that the customer gets the best experience they can. But it also gives the partner a fantastic resource for any questions they have. Um, you know, I've got some calls this week with some folks who are not uh, not necessarily cloud native uh, with the way that they deploy things, but they're able to do it because we're kind of riding shotgun on this thing to make sure they get it right. Uh, you know, it's, it's not unusual for my day to be helping a, a partner do one thing uh, and then jumping on and going through an architecture to make sure we didn't miss anything, uh, reviewing documentation, all that good stuff. So, uh, so it's one of those things where you, you know you the partners that are being selected for this program can be trusted to do the design and architecture for the vast majority. If that's vast V A S T majority of uh, of opportunities. But the nice thing is that as part of the program, they have access to have it checked off if they're like, hey, this is something unique. Um, They have the ability to have have a team that can support them with that above and beyond what uh, a a typical gold, silver, platinum partner may have, even though I think a large majority of our um, of our platinum partners are vast partners as well. Oh, I'll actually talk about a little bit about the process there. So that's the other thing that we offer is, uh, especially when we come to the Accelerate to Veeam program, um, we'll do an architecture review. In fact, it's it's one of those things which we find to be very, very helpful. Um, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, we, we've had architectures come in and look great, except for this one little thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and being able to catch that and getting enough eyes on it, it, it really virtually guarantees that the customer is going to have a whole lot better of an experience just just because uh, 
you know, I mean, obviously the more eyes you get on something and, and plus, you know, when we're talking about the PSAs, the guys on my team on average have 25 years in the industry. So you're not only dealing with somebody who knows me and you've also got somebody who's dealt with a seasoned battle hardened vet. Exactly. Seen it all. You know, yeah. The guy who's been in the server room at three o'clock in the morning, trying to figure out why it's not booting. We've got yeah. a whole bunch of those on the team. So, um, you know, we bring not only the technical knowledge, but we also bring the, the seasoning that would go behind it to know not only what to do, but also what not to do. That's, that's another big part of it. Um, and with Accelerate to Veeam, one, we also have a process where we will actually vet the architecture before it's even deployed, um, especially since, you know, Veeam is providing funding for that. We want to make sure it goes perfectly. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Accelerate to Veeam in a, in a second, because it's sure. definitely an important topic with mm -hmm. this. But so as you talk about VASP, it sounds like something that anybody who's doing Veeam services would be interested in being a part of. Um, and you already alluded to it with the certification component of it, that you need to have at least three people, or, or I guess a minimum of two, one of them holding two certs, because you need to have two VMCs and a VMCA. Correct. Yep. Able to, uh, you know, to, to complete those tests. And, and that's kind of like a, but that's just the technical side of it. What do you look for in these candidates other than the ability to have a few people on staff for this? What what makes a good candidate for the VASP program? Engagement. I would say that. Um, it's, we do have quite a few partners who came forward and wanted to be VASPs, and then they just never did anything. So mm -hmm. for us, obviously, engagement is important uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we want to know what you're doing just to be helpful. But two, that kind of engagement is going to be necessary for us to be able to deliver, uh, you know, hot topic information. All right. I'll give you an example. Um, we have one customer who was trying to do, and this is kind of an ugly thought, but they were trying to do um, a backup copy job from one data domain to another. Now, if you've ever worked with a data domain, it's a fantastic piece, piece of hardware, but... So they're doing it in a way that it would have to dehydrate and re or rehydrate and dehydrate. That is, is exactly correct. Gross. Okay. It was gross. It was gross. We got it done. <laughs> um, and you know, but there's scaling questions that come with that. There's there's you know how, how many resources to get to specific things, for example. And and there's a, so the rehydration is one piece. But consider this: How do I write to a data domain? I have to use a gateway to write to a data domain. And if I'm doing a copy job, not only am I using one gateway process, I'm using two, one for the read and one for the write, which means that I have to change the way I scope things out based on that. Now, we've got the experience where we've run into that. How many partners will? Uh, only the ones that you ran into it together with before, and that's a short list, I'm sure. Exactly. So when it comes to like the architecture phase, for example, it gives me the ability to catch that before it's a problem. Uh, that that's a great example. Um, another example would be backup from storage snapshots. Um, this is one of those things where I've actually had to help out partners because they, they while they understand the technology and they, they're great at it, they may not understand the nuance behind it. So here's an example. I had one customer who was doing backup from storage snapshots for every single machine they had. Um, we support it, but it's a matter of could you versus should you, right? Yeah. So, so for backup from storage snapshot, for example, it's the resources that are required to actually get the snap um, and do you know the metadata mapping and all that good stuff. 
it does add layers of complexity to things and it does add some overhead to it. Um, you know, that particular thing is, is a great idea for a machine that can't handle a stun. But if I'm backing up like a web server that doesn't change much, I don't need it. Right. It's so faster to do it in the hypervisor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not really something I would need to worry about stressing my, my storage on the back end for. So it, it really does come down to what is the hot list of things that we've run across that you probably shouldn't do. And they're not even necessarily going to be published because they're one-offs. Yeah. But one of the things I've also noticed about this, and this is maybe, maybe it has something to do with me being involved with this team for as long as I have. Um, as soon as I see it once within the next three weeks, I see it five or six times. Um, <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. the hot thing to, to do when you're in your designs all of a sudden. It, it is, it is. Um, you know, I've run it or, or if there's a, you know, if, if you run into a bug, for example, which they do happen. I mean, software companies have bugs, but if I sure. run into a bug, I'll run across it with one person or one partner. And then within three days, I've got it four other times somewhere else. So we're a quick access to that information, even before it even makes it to a KB article, for example. Yeah. Well, and that's a huge thing as, as being a VASP, like they're going to have that knowledge. You're going to have that inroad that's going to help a little bit with getting, at least knowing that it is a software issue and, no matter how many times you, you know, how long that you and the partner sit together, you're not going to solve the problem. You need to get software involved and you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, that helps for sure. It really does. It really does. And the other cool thing about this is uh, we're very accessible for these guys. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had a VASP out in the field. Or in fact, three of them today, as a matter of fact, with a question on something to where rather than call support, they call me directly. They All of my partners have my direct phone number. So if there's an issue, they call me directly. And I mean, just being internal and being in touch with people, you're able to get an answer really quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had that for quite a while on the sales side of things, but as you know, on the sales side of things, they won't get into the weeds quite like you will in. Right. In well, even in my role, we're, we're reluctant. We, we will help with some technical concepts, but we don't get into the specifics of a customer design as, as somebody who's channel facing. So yeah. it's very interesting. And then even still, you know, once it's post post implementation, our sales teams aren't necessarily going to get involved in managing it. We really do rely on support for that because we don't want to trample on each other's responsibilities and support has access to information that we may not have access to in the field as far as, you know, again, yeah, we've seen that before. We have tons of uh, wiki articles on it, things like mm -hmm. that. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and I run to this every day. Um, and and it's it's also really great. You were we were talking about earlier with, uh, you know, just with having the touch points and having the engagement. That's the other thing. The more engagement I have with a partner, the better they are at delivering. So here, here's a question for you on that, because I, I can see where for this, there's engagement from a couple different ways. So there's the technical side mm -hmm. and there's also the, the sales side. So who are the target people to be the points of contact for each of those sides? Because I feel like I feel like when I've seen some things with VASP in the field, it gets targeted at the wrong person. And that's kind of where the communication breaks down. So who is the right person? in a general sense for, for engagement for a VAST program? So for the VAST program, um, it, it would all start realistically if you, well, to begin with, you go to Pro Partner and then you go to the VAST page and there's going to be all the criteria that you would need to sign up there. Uh, once you actually get accepted into the VAST program, um, 
there's several different names that are going to come up. Uh, me would be one of them. Any of the, they will be assigned a person who is going to be their direct one, one person contact as well as some, um, uh, some, some escalation points, right? So for example, if uh, on some odd chance, I actually take a vacation day, for example, um, don't do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> last time you did that, right. Uh, so on the, on the odd chance I take a vacation day, then you'll have a backup contact and my manager and my engagement manager's information as well. Um, you know, the whole point of this is you're not going to be left hanging in the field without an answer. I'm, okay. I've done professional services prior to coming to Veeam. I did it for about a decade. And I can't tell you how many times I ended up sitting in that server room going, boy, if only somebody would answer the phone for this one obscure piece of information that I need. Um, and, and really, this program allows you to get past that, right? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing thing when, and, and the customers have commented on this as well, when they've got somebody and they run into an issue on premise, like, oh my gosh, we hit this error, what are we going to do? And you know, five minutes later, I'm on the phone with them and we've got it fixed in 20 minutes, right? As opposed to spending three days on the call with support. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of value in being able to do that. And and I, I, I mean, personally, I take a lot of satisfaction in being able to see those good outcomes. Um, so, I mean, circling back on the, on the purpose of the VAST program, it is to facilitate good outcomes for customers so that they not only enjoy what they bought the product for, I'll also bring this up. Not only are they going to be getting what they bought the product for, for example, like, hey, I need to make sure I got all my backups, right? Okay, great. Well, did you know we do DR? And these are the kinds of, uh, you know, these are the kind of questions that as a, as, as a PS engagement person, you could ask that. And then all of a sudden your week, um, week of deployment turns into two because then you've added disaster recovery on there or hey wait you're you guys are out there and you you find out well you're also using 0365 well what are you protecting that with well there's another possibility say for instance you're one of the unicorns that has a sales organization as well as a ps organization then you've got potentially your ps folks farming the account for you it's amazing well, that, that's that happens so often and i come from a from that the similar background and it was always and i was in an se and then i worked up into like managing se's and things like that and it was always that case it was it was you know tell the guys as they go out in the field i, I say guys generally um keep your head on a swivel look for what else is out there what else isn't working and mm -hmm. so many times the se that's out there doing the deployment would call back to the account rep and be like hey they got such and such, and I'm hearing I'm hearing way I'm hearing a ton of complaints about the way they have it implemented. Um, oh, yeah, oh yeah, you know, and somebody's phone is ringing within 20 minutes of that to have a conversation about it. So your SEs are your best source of your next opportunity within a customer. So if you can get them out there and looking into things and overhearing conversations, you're mm -hmm. going to get something additional. Uh, you know, it's funny. Back when I was doing uh, consulting services prior to coming on the Veeam. Um, I, I can't tell you, and, and we, the, the company I was working with, we sold no software. It was only 100% services. But I can't tell you how many times I would go into a, you know, into an engagement, and we were working on what we were working on, but we saw what else was going on, right? So, for example, uh, what's a good example? Oh, um, yeah, here's a Veeam one, as a matter of fact. So we went in and we started putting Veeam into place. And as we were looking, I say we, as the partner was looking around in there, they noticed that they were having some issues that were directory related, active directory. Well, come to find, and, and by the way, they didn't just deliver Veeam. They, 
they offered Microsoft services, VMware, a big shop does a whole lot of different things. Um, and as they were in there, they noticed these other things. And this one week engagement to deliver a small Veeam implementation for a department turned into a six month health check and remediation gig with a, uh, actually, what did they call it? They call it a modernization audit. It was a modernization audit with a digital transformation was just tacked on because the engineer happened to notice what was going on. So I've heard of some pretty magical things happen. And I mean, especially today, right? Everybody yeah. is so short staffed out in the field right now. I, I almost feel sorry for a big organization that wants to deploy a new technology, be it Veeam or anything else, just because of the learning curve with being as streamlined as they are, just yeah, to, that you don't have the time to, to learn something new. You're spending all your time maintaining what's old. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, fighting fires, uh, yeah. anything like that. I mean, there, there have been there have been services part that we've done for like our cloud partners, for example, where the cloud partners are so adept at what they do. That's great. But they're running so lean that nobody has the free cycles to add another repository. I've seen that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so there, there's a couple of different places where that could play in. Um you know, it could lead to trusted advisorships. It could lead to all of these different things, which, again, take us back to the same goal, which is one, get it implemented correctly so that everybody has a great uh, experience, not only, uh, you know, Veeam selling the software to begin with, but the customers getting everything that they paid for um, and getting all of the functionality to the fullest based on what their requirements are. Um, it always amazes me how many customers out there using our products are using a fraction of them. It's I always say oh, it's like yes. buying the Swiss Army knife and only using the, the the one blade, never looking to realize that it has ten other blades that are useful in there. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's funny you mention that as well. We had a VASP go out to do a health check, right? So, um, and this was a, a service provider, uh, which is again one of the many lines of business we deal with. But it was a service provider who had put Veeam into place for one thing. And they came out and did the health check and started asking questions. And everybody, the service provider was like, you can do that? We didn't know that that worked that way. And in this case, again, it was going back to replication. They did not know that you could also do replication to a service provider. And and, and just based on that one visit, they opened it's up. Right there in the name of the product. You, exactly. <laughs> you know, based on that one uh, that one visit and that one health check, they opened up an entire new line of revenue based wow. on functionality they didn't even know it was there so it's, that's why you make sure you're talking to folks about this and and again like you said make sure that you have the the education you know level up on the folks that you're putting out in the field to do not just that one thing but I said earlier head on a swivel yeah <laughs> and again with with these with these touch points and this engagement uh, they are going to have a leg up on just about anyone else just because as things come out you know about it the they're learning first quicker, yeah i mean realistically the uh, the PS folks are going to know about it before the channel does, just because it matters a lot more over here. Because, um, oh, I, I would I would fully expect. I mean, it had to, information has to has to flow from somewhere, and I would think that you know you guys are at the heartbeat of what's going on in the company in the vast program. So I would expect that. So that that makes total sense. Yeah, I have a question for you. Actually, sorry to yeah. sorry to mean to interrupt you, but it, it was just something I thought of. So. You know, from a technical standpoint, we see what what's needed. What do the or you know how how you interact with folks? What's needed back from the customer from a like sales and ongoing reporting standpoint to keep the relationship going? So you know, you've talked about engagement is the big thing, but 
how mm-hmm. how is that engagement maintained? Because I think that's also an area where I've seen things kind of slip up in the relationship as well. Not so much in the yeah. technical. The technical folks seem to usually have communication going. It's on the other side of the the equation that it seems to. Yeah, once the sale is closed, at that point, it's uh, move on to whatever's going to you know be the next thing. I, I yeah. get that. So, well, so here's what I've seen historically, and it's worked really well. Um, I always recommend for when somebody actually you know scopes out a project, we have um, you know the length of the project, which is generally the architecture creation for whatever amount of time that is. You've got uh, the actual implementation followed by testing, followed by you know the sign off. I always like to advise my folks, my partners, when they uh, when they do finish up a project, I always advise that they schedule a touch point sometime down the road. Uh, I generally don't like to go out more than a quarter or six months. Um, there's a few things that I've learned over the years. One, data is going to grow. It does not shrink. Mm-hmm. It will never shrink, which means that you know, a, a one day health touch point every six months is a great way to do things. With regard to sales, though, if we're talking from a professional services standpoint. Like to know that uh, the next thing's coming in, you know, that's that, you know, to, yeah. like you said, they, usually everybody comes in and they're gung ho. They get into the program and they had because and part of what initiates it is I've got, you know, this great deal. And again, next topic we'll talk about is ATV. I've got mm-hmm. this thing and it, it's, it's eligible for accelerate to Veeam. We get through that project. How do we keep the relationship going past that first project? So here's how here's how I recommend it. And this is one of the things which is uh, both wonderful and horrible about Veeam is our release cycle. Uh, we're very fast with it, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's not only are we fast with it, but it's generally not just bug fixes. It's new features, right? So, for example, CDP, for, uh, NAS backup. Uh, yep. any of these things. So, you know, you go back to version nine, we didn't have NAS backup, version 10 rolls out. Barely had any cloud features in version cloud nine. Cloud features, yeah. Kubernetes, all of these different things, yeah. all of it. Um, so when we're talking about engagement with the way that our release cycle works, not only do you have something to go talk about if whether or not you're still healthy, but you've got new features and new products every couple of months that you can go and say, hey, you're using Veeam, you're happy. Look what else we can do now. And there's your, not only is it your, um, you know, not only through the VAST program, you're going to get educated on this. And you should also get that from the channel as well. But it's also going to give you, I mean, I hate to say this, but the excuse would be a a good way, or the opportunity, I guess I would say, to actually have that touch point where, hey, let's see how you're doing. Oh, and by the way, did you know this? we had okay so here's an example we had a health check with a partner it's been probably two years ago now and they went in and as they did the health check they they noticed hey do you have any unstructured data in here oh guess what beam now can back up your unstructured data um so it's kind of like an organic relationship right so with the with the way that the release cycles are and with the new functionality and the new things to sell um you know, PS gives you a valid and real reason to go talk to these guys just to make sure they're healthy. Everybody wants to know, can you tell me if we're doing all right? I have never had anybody turn down a health check. As well, they should, because there's nothing in IT that is set it and forget it. Um, 
if you're doing that, especially with your backups. That means if you're setting them and forgetting them, it means you're also not testing them. And uh, we could have a whole other conversation about recovery testing and things like that. Well, okay. So if you're <laughs> setting them and forgetting them, think about this. Say, say I build out a dynamic job. Yep. And I set it and forget it. And then all of a sudden, these dynamic jobs, let's say it's tag-based, for example. Mm-hmm. I've got a tag-based job and it says any machine that's in this site goes into this or, you know, or owned by this. Okay, let's say any machine tagged with finance goes into this backup job. Okay, what happens if finance purchases another company and all these machines get tagged? Guess what? <laughs> now I your have backup to- window shot. Your recovery capabilities are in, in question. Your capacity is in question. Everything's in question. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really does bring it's it's that alone is a reason to get a checkup every six months. Yeah. Right. Um, and like you said, it, it's a, it's a conversation opportunity. Um, and I think that it's something that that partners should definitely always be considering as a way to, you know, it's not the end of the project, use it as a relationship. And I think you brought up a great point, schedule that next touch point as part of closing the project. Exactly. We'll see. So, hey, we were going to come back. You know, it's it's February now. Let's say we'll be back in July to take a look. Why don't we put it on the books right now? We'll take we'll we'll take another look and then we'll review the findings, see if anything needs to be altered. There's there's nothing wrong with that. No. And it works quite well. Um, it, literally every time I've ever seen it done, it has led to more work, not necessarily Veeam work. But that's okay too, because I mean, if you get a PS organization, you don't want a bench. You want everybody out working. Yeah, yeah. Worst thing it. you can have is a full bullpen. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if I remember back in the day, if I wasn't hitting seventy percent utilization, then I wasn't doing my you're, job. You're hitting the curb. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, and one of these things that I also see quite a bit in these in these organizations is not only do these people have dispatchers who send them out to do stuff, but I remember back in the past. Um, it was, it, it was in my best interest to go find more work of where I was doing it. I mean, I, okay. And to be, it know, was good to be the guy that could keep yourself busy. It, it was great. It was great. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be fully transparent here, there were times when I would find people who were great to work with and I would spend a little more time trying to get them more services just because, uh, yeah, they like being there with them. Also, they were just great to be around. <laughs> or they had the good pizza restaurant or I get it. Um, yeah, so definitely. I mean, it's one of those things where it gives not only does it give the salespeople something, but it also gives the, the professional services folks themselves the opportunity to create um, busy cycles for, for billing to be able to get the customer where they need to be. Yeah. And e- even if you're doing something like that follow up as a non billing activity, at least somebody is active and potentially creating the next opportunity out of spending four to six hours reviewing something for a, for a current customer. And like you said, something comes out of it that's going to get people off the bench again. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always gonna... things, train, train your young guys, train, train your new folks, um, you know, the greener folks to do those health checks. Yeah. And yeah. give that, it's a chance for them to get out and get introduced to customers and cut their teeth a little bit. Yep. And it, it's kind of funny. I just thought of something. So they had this saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And that is true, but not in consulting and not in IT sales. You really do have to be in <laughs> yeah. front of the customer. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it's it, uh, you know front of front of mind. If you're not out of sight, out of mind is more the uh, the phrase I think for, for consulting. Pretty much, pretty much. So again, you know, especially you know when all of the pandemic started and whatnot, getting in front of customer and keeping touch with the customer. Uh, as I've seen and uh, just looking around the industry, that was the make or break thing for a lot of companies. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, just the opportunity to just stay in touch is huge. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And, and finding a way to maintain those relationships, because at the end of the day, it is relationships. It's, I mean, relationships part of not only the service sales, but the service delivery. Oh, yeah, absolutely. These are people you put out there to do the work. It's not only about their technical skills. You could be, a, you know, you're tech, if you're technically great and you're a jerk, they're only going to remember you were a jerk. They're going to forget about the other part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, and that's one thing I'll also say here is with with good consulting companies, when you go out and do a good job, and again, as part of the VAST program, you're going to be trained to do this. Um, but with a good consulting company that get it, gets it right the first time, something else comes up, who are they going to call? Not the ones that are trial and error on your dime. Yeah, exactly. they're going to call the ones that get it right the first time. Exactly. Um you know, follow-up work. That's the other thing. Uh, you know, we were talking about these different these different partners. Uh, I just had one partner that um, some time ago went out and did a VBR deployment, and they did a fantastic job with them. A uh, customer called us up and said, hey, we want to do, a, you know, VDRO. Can we get this partner to come out and do that too? So we reached out to the partner. They had the free cycles, and lo and behold, they're on the books. That's great. Um, you know, that's the other thing that happens in the VAST program is we will send you work. We have more than we know what to do with. There's, and I think, and that's that's a very good point, I think, for people to realize. And I think it also t helps us tie back into um, Accelerate to Veeam and getting opportunities out to out to partners. Um, that that's, I, I, but I'll start with the, the, the bench of work that people have realized it's not just their work, but you now are also, you can go out and deliver services. There's a few ways and I, I've, I've been involved in some of it where, um, and I was talking about a little bit before where you have that weird world of it's post sales. So you're not necessarily going to get the uh, field sales SEs involved. Um, it's a little too much for the customer to handle. Uh, they call support. It's not really a support issue because it's a config issue because they decided to forego the professional services. Now they realize they really need them. And I've seen where we have tickets that really are, you know, kind of designated as let's have VASP take a look at this because they really need professional services. And oh, yeah. so there is opportunity that's just sitting there queuing, looking for a partner that wants to do it. Um, and I think the partners who are looking at the VASP program need to realize it's that it's not just what do you bring? You know, it's, it's a two way street. Oh yes. You know, you bring your own opportunities into the vast program with some of the, the nice deals that are in there and, and you get that extra touch to know that you're putting out good solutions. But when you prove that you can do those good solutions, you're also going to get things coming from our bench to you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the more, the more we get to know partners, uh, you know, I know who I can trust and who I can trust. I'm going to call them up when something comes up. Which goes back to that communication and engagement. The ones that aren't reaching out and communicating engagement, engaging with the folks on our side all the time aren't going to be the ones that are going to get tossed at work because they're like, I don't know anything about these folks. Yeah, don't, you know, it's like, well, we've, we, they, they, you know, they sold one thing and they delivered one thing once. Uh, do I, do they even employ a VCSP or, a, excuse me, a VMCE anymore? Do they even employ? Right. You know, so they, they um, and it gives them the opportunity to have a relationship with us. Like I yeah. said, it, you know, for me to have an issue, if I don't know the answer, I'm probably going to the developers with it. Right. Um, I mean, name, name another partner or organization where you can do that. Uh, it's rare. We, we have internally, I think, a unique access to be able to do that. And I think that's something that especially as you work your way up the chain as a, as a channel partner and a service provider, service delivery company, 
um, you get to take advantage of. And that's, yeah, but, but part of that is again, two way communication and making sure that, you know, you keep us surprised as a, as a partner of what's going on with the opportunities. How are you leveraging beam what's mm -hmm. out there? How, because you can't help them with it if you don't know about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, nothing gets me more thrilled when I get a, uh, I get a proposed architecture from a partner and I can actually read through and say, yep, that's a great idea. Do it. Or, Hey, did you consider this? I never tell anybody they're wrong. I just ask, hey, have you considered? Um, well, I, I, I'm going to guess that they're never completely so blatantly wrong that you go, oh, my God, no, big, big red. I'm just shading the entire thing in with my red pen. Well, that has happened. Um, <laughs> that has happened. We did. We did. We have had some instances where they've, they've been a vast, but then they sent the junior guy to write the. Uh, oh, write yeah. The Not but the hey, guys who went and got the certs. On the good news, the good news though is we're able to catch it, right? So again, yeah. we we make sure that we don't have any bad customer experience just based on that, right? So that's that's a huge thing. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, I, I can't really. Th there really is no downside here. Yeah. So let's let's talk about one of the big upsides that that folks see in this program that I, I think gets a lot of people licking their chops for it, and that's Accelerate to Veeam. Can you explain Accelerate. what Accelerate to Veeam is and why it's so appealing to VASPs. Yes, absolutely. So Accelerate to Veeam. Um, I, I, this is going to be a very tacky way to put this, but it's free money. Um, so this, this program was conceived uh, a little over two years ago. Uh, it was right after we went to the partner delivery VASP model, where any deal, I want to say as of right now, it's over 100K, um, but any deal that's over that size can qualify for up to 10% of funding for the implementation. Um, depending upon the size of the deal that may cover the whole thing, may not. Uh, really, Again, it all depends. Like, for example, if I have a VBO implementation, say half a million dollars, um, well, there, there's no way you would it's need probably to... probably not a 50K <laughs> implementation. No, yeah. we're talking like two or three days tops. Right. Um, but let's go into something even more interesting. Let's talk about VDRO. There's a lot yep. of moving pieces to that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something where when a customer's forking out the kind of money for that, you really got to get that right. So what we offer is, again, anything over 100K, up to 10% of that will be eligible for funding. Um, actually, let me back up and say one thing. We have to be replacing an incumbent solution, although realistically, I've never gone yeah. and done it. I was going to say, yeah, it's either... If they're not already Veeam, then you're not doing this. But if they're if they're they're not never backing up again in their history of their company. So if we're not if we're not upgrading ourselves, we're replacing an incumbent at this point. Exactly, exactly. We used to call that prayer based backup when I didn't have a backup solution. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so what is essentially you go in there and you're you're you find one of our competitors out there, for example, and you know, companies getting ready to relicense and rather than re up, they want to jump to the to Veeam because. Uh, it just works. I just said that, didn't I? <laughs> um, but they want to jump over to Veeam. And, uh, you know, so for anything over 100K in sales, you can get up to 10% of that. Usually that is enough to get you most of the way through an implementation. Uh, keep in mind there will be some outliers where it's like some gigantic thing where it's just going to take more hours than not. But I, I can only name maybe a handful of those I've ever seen. But for the most part, uh, you know, we're able to take care of that pretty well. And... With Accelerate to Veeam, there's a couple of criteria. One, you have to be a VASP, which means that you have to go through and get 
all the certifications and you have to be accepted into the program so that we know you're good to go, you know exactly what you're doing. Um, the deal has to be qualified for it. And by the time the deal is actually sold, here's the other fun thing. As a partner, you don't chase this. Um, the VASP thing, the, the A to V thing actually happens during the sales process. So as soon as they're getting ready to sell this deal, uh, the salesperson would actually contact one of the management on my team and say, hey, we've got this deal. Can we get qualified for A to V? So as part of the sale, services are already included. So quite literally, a VASP has to show up and pick up free money. I, I hate I hate to put it. That's Sometimes that's how it is. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, keep in mind, when they do that, there are some criteria. We have to make sure that the, you know, the architecture is good to go. We do mm -hmm. verify anything, especially if we're paying for it. We, sure. we make sure that it's, uh, you know, that it's in good shape, and, you know, the, that the architecture size correctly. Yeah. And, and we've, we've hit all of the weird things that may have happened. Like, like, for example, like that data domain to data domain thing we just talked right. about. Uh, you know, we would call that out on the architecture, say, are you really sure you want to do it this way and give you some <laughs> potential other ways of getting around it. Um, so, yeah, A to V is a great, great vehicle for that. And it's one of those things where we get, I want to say last year we had, let me see, I wrote this down. We had an A to V, we had 66 A to V deals last year, uh, totaling in... Well, I'll say it was uh, north of a million, shy of two million in services that we pay for. That's significant. That's nice. Yes, sixty-six A to V deals were sixty-six times, and this was last year where we weren't really, you know, really socializing this with the partner community that much. Yeah, um, these were sixty-six deals that were paid for by Veeam for them to go out and deliver services. And and those are just the ones that were identified and brought in. So you know, there's more out there that could have qualified. In all Possibly. likelihood. So Not it's something that people need to be aware of as they're looking at larger deals. So when they start getting into six figure deals, they should be thinking about it. And, but oh, yes. there is the other side of this sometimes that comes up. Um, and that's where a partner doesn't necessarily, like they, they have that six figure deal but they don't really meet the criteria to be a VASP or they're not a VASP at the time that the deal's starting. Maybe they, maybe they just don't have, they don't have the bench. They have the skills, but that, that one guy has the skills. <clears throat> how do you, how do you take advantage of that program? Because you want to remain competitive when you, when you're bidding for it. So you don't want to so you know, lose out. I do have a couple of VASPs who do no sales whatsoever. They are a hundred percent services. And in a situation like that, one of the things that I have found is that that is the perfect marriage, right? So they sell the deal. Uh, they get the A to B funding and there, there's, uh, I won't name names, but there's a few of them out there that will mm -hmm. actually uh, be subcontracted under this deal to deliver the services. Happens all the time. Yep. Um, you know, and again, we've got our go-to VASPs who, are do, who do an amazing job. There's, there's a bunch of them. Um, some of them will even have relationships. In fact, I know, I know of two off the top of my head who only do delivery, who have since then actually gotten partner agreements themselves with um, the major channel partners, the, the big resellers. Think, mm. think of somebody with the name on the building in New York, you probably figure it out. Sure. Um, but they've been brought in specifically to deliver services under contract and it's their go-to partner. So not only do they have stuff coming from us, 
but they may have smaller deals that need services that may not even may not even qualify for Accelerate to Veeam, where they're still getting brought in on the deal by the seller. So the seller needs something above the typical SMB deal that they're tip, that they're usually doing. They're starting to sell a little upmarket, but they don't have the bench that can support it. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing that all the time. Okay. Uh, I see that on a daily basis, actually. Um, in fact, one of my partners right now, uh, they like Accelerate to Veeam, but the, the majority of the revenue is being driven by this other this other uh, um, seller. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, organically, some amazing things are happening right now. That's great. It sounds like a program, and I have I have a few partners that I'm you know talking with about it, especially as you know. Um, the one, the one piece we didn't talk about that, uh, you know, requiring that VMCA, you were integral in the team that rewrote the VMCA for the current version. And, yes. uh, it was, uh, first off, love it. I took, I took it. I thought it was fantastic. I've given, I've given you my, uh, my praise for it in the past and I've gotten that same feedback from partners that have taken it. Oh, so yeah. I want to put it out there that anybody that is looking at this program that is afraid of that exam, don't, don't be. <laughs> don't be it is not the old exam um you know actually let me talk about that just for one quick second here um that's something else i'm doing for the VASPs. it's not really on the books but we will coach you through passing these exams we won't give you the answers but we'll make sure you know the subject material well enough yeah um i have with two of my partners i've actually ended up on one-on-ones with multiple people in their staff yeah um, you know, the way that I go through it is I make him go take the practice exam and then I'll look at that and say, okay, you're weak here, go read these things. And as of right now, I've got about a hundred percent pass rate. I, no, I actually have a hundred percent pass rate on that. Good for you. I, I, I do a lot of the same for my partners and I don't have that rate. I have a good rate, but not that rate. Good for you. Well, I mean, I, I did write the case studies, so <laughs> there, there is that. And they were good. I, like I said, I really do like them. So I, I just want to, I, I tell as many people as I can. And one of my goals this year is going to get more people to take that exam. Um, Cause I think it's something that every, anybody who's doing services delivery should have somebody that's passed that on their, uh, on their staff. If they're doing service. Yeah, if they're doing design and delivery, they should have somebody on their staff that's done a VMCA. Yeah. It's uh, VMCA is no longer about, can you read a log? It's more about, okay, the customer changed this design parameter. How would you adjust? Yeah. These are real world things that you need to know. Um, you know, if a customer takes their backup window from 12 hours to eight, what beam components is it going to affect and how is it going to affect it? So, yeah. and, and by the way, with regard to the VASPs, this is something as soon as we, we got into this, um, you know, a lot of the guys went through, went through the VMCA training and I've been coaching them um, to great success. In fact, one of my partners, literally everybody who took the test passed. Nice. So, yeah, it's been uh, pretty, pretty fulfilling. I'll say that. So, um yeah, it gives, gives me a warm feeling in my heart that I, that I know that it's <laughs> Plus, they're doing it the Veeam way. That's really, if I was to boil that exam down to anything, is do you know how to deliver things the Veeam way? That's yeah. really what that one kind of comes down to for me. I agree. Uh, and that, that's what I loved it for from my own personal standpoint. Yeah. And, and again, as a vast partner, we're going to make sure you can do it the Veeam way. So I can't imagine anybody would have a problem with the exam after uh, enough time in the trenches for, for sure. Definitely. I agree. Well, Michael... Thank you so much for all this information today. I mean, we, we covered a ton of stuff about, about partners and VASP and service delivery and VMCA. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. My pleasure. Thank you very much. 
This has been Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Doherty. Thank you for listening.